Good afternoon and welcome to a new season of Recovery Unplugged. Uh, my name is Jim Lang. I'm the director of the Colony of Mercy Men's Recovery Program here at America's Keswick. And each week we want to give you a glimpse into our addiction recovery ministries by just giving you um, some of the curriculum that we go over with, our, with the men in our program, with the students at Barbara's Place. Uh, even maybe giving you a glimpse into some of our Families for Christ weekends, which is a ministry uh, for couples. And so this week, I really want to talk to you about the, the topic of forgiveness. Uh, this past week at the Colony, uh, that is the, the topic that we tackled. And uh, many of the men that, that come into our program, forgiveness is a, is a real struggle for them. Whether uh, with all the things in their life that they've experienced and they have done and they've gotten themselves into, uh, to, to actually have to believe that, that God is loving towards them and, and forgives them is a, is a difficult task. Now, on the other hand, men come into our, our program broken. They've been hurt in ways that, that just uh, are life-altering. And so to, to, to sit under the, the calling and the teaching of Jesus to forgive those who have hurt us is a very difficult task. And so we're just going to give you an overview of, of what we covered uh, in our week of devotions here at the Colony. And so when, when a man comes in and, and we talk, start to talk about forgiveness, we always have to talk about what has been done for us. And so when we talk about forgiveness, we have to talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And one of my favorite verses in, in all of Scripture is uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, where it says, He made him who knew no sin to become sin for us. And so Jesus, uh, who lived a perfect life, who knew no sin, became sin on our behalf so that we could become the righteousness of God. And, and this verse is so powerful because there's two things that are happening here. Uh, not only are our sins being forgiven because of the sacrifice of Christ, uh, but now we are getting Christ's righteous life, the, the perfect life that he lived, he is now imputing to us. And so I like to think of, of righteousness as, as right relatedness. And so our sin uh, has made it impossible for us to be in relationship with God. Our sin has separated us from God and Christ comes and he lives a perfect life and he dies the death that we should have died and, and then his perfect life is imputed to us. His right relatedness with the Father, his ability to commune with the Father and be in right relationship to him has now been imputed to us and now we can, we can have right relationship with the Father because what Jesus has done now it's one thing to know this intellectually. It's one thing to, to, to know in your mind that, that Jesus died for my sins, that, that his life is now my life. Um, but what, what really needs to happen is this, this needs to be believed in our heart. This needs to be something that we know in our guts, that we know in our bones. I, I always tell the men that, that you know what you believe about the gospel when you blow it. And so when you, when you actually mess up, when you blow it, do you run to God or do you run away from him? And that's really the litmus test of if I believe the gospel or is it something that I just know and can recite in my head, something that I can uh, regurgitate uh, to, to someone else, or is it something that I know deep down in my bones? And so when we talk about forgiveness, uh, we really need to talk about how Christ, who knew no sin, became sin for us so that we could be the, the righteousness of God. And that, that gospel has to get deep down into our guts, deep down into our bones, and we have to rehearse it and we have to we have to preach it to ourselves over and over and over again to, to allow ourselves to marinate 
in the goodness of the gospel and allow that to, to, to be the litmus test by which we, we live our lives. And so if a man is struggling uh, to believe that, that God could forgive him for all the things that he's done in, my, in his life, or maybe you're sitting there watching and, and you can kind of believe that God would forgive you for some of the smaller sins in your life, but, but you're struggling to, to believe that he might have forgiven you for, for some of the larger sins in your life, uh, I just want to speak to you this afternoon just let you know that he who knew no sin became sin for you, for that sin, so that you could have right relationship with God. And you need to lean into the gospel and believe the gospel and trust in the gospel and get that deep down uh, in your guts. The other thing that, that uh, men in our program and the students at Barber's Place tend to struggle with is, is uh, you know, now they're coming out of a, a life of addiction and they're uh, they're, they're getting their vertical relationship with, with God on track, and, and it's now um, forgiving those who have, who have hurt us. I want to take us to a passage in, in Matthew chapter 18, and it was our meditation passage here at the colony uh, this week, and it really lays the groundwork uh, for us as Christians, for us as believers, to now offer forgiveness uh, to, to those around us. And, and I do want to start out by saying that uh, you know, and people that come from situations of, of abuse and, and just horrific things that have, that have happened to you, uh, uh, forgiveness in, in this sense doesn't ever remove the, the pain of that. It doesn't ever, uh, it doesn't make you have to enter into relationship with these people again. This is uh, forgiving one another actually sets us free. And that's what Jesus is after. He's after our hearts. He's after freeing us from the bondage of bitterness of anger. And so when we're talking about freeing, uh, forgiving one another, this is what Jesus is going after in this passage in, in Matthew 18. Uh, and, and it starts in verse 21. It's, it's actually the parable of the unforgiving servant. And it says, Then Peter approached him, Jesus, and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother who sins against me? As many as seven times? And so Peter uh, is actually asking a question a lot of us ask. It's, okay, what is the bare minimum I have to do? What, what do I have to do uh, to kind of check the box of I'm a forgiving person? And, and Peter actually is, is liberal here. If you were to ask one of the Jewish leaders in this time how many times I need to forgive, the, the common answer would have been three. And so Peter adds to that and he, and he says, well, what about seven times? If I forgive up to seven times, is that how many uh, I, I should forgive? And so he's actually trying to, to sound more holy than, than he actually is. And, and Jesus responds to him and he says, I tell you, not as many as seven, but 70 times seven. And again, for those of you getting out your calculators, you don't have to do that. The point is not the, the number of, of times. It's, it's Jesus is saying, you just keep on forgiving. And then Jesus goes into a parable and he says, For this reason, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle accounts, one who owed 10,000 talents was brought before him. And so 10,000 talents was the highest form of currency. And so to have 10,000 talents, Jesus is pretty much saying here that this was an unfathomable amount of money. This isn't an amount of money that you could dream about paying back. This was an amount of money that, that you had no ability within yourself to pay back. And in verse 25, it says, since he did not have the money to pay it back, his master commanded that he, his wife, his children, and everything he had be sold to pay the debt. 
At this, the servant fell face down before him and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you everything. Then the master of that servant had compassion, released him, and forgave him the loan. That servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Now, a hundred denarii is a much significant less amount of money. A hundred denarii was, was about a day's wages. A denarii was about a day's wages, and so a hundred denarii would have been a couple months' work. And uh, the, the, uh, that servant went out. He found that servant uh, with a hundred denarii. He grabbed him and started choking him and said, Pay what you owe. At this, his fellow servant fell down and began begging him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he wasn't willing. Instead, he went and threw him into prison until he could pay back what was owed. When the other servants saw what had taken place, they were deeply distressed and went and reported to their master everything that had happened. Then after he had summoned him, his master said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. Shouldn't you also have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had had mercy on you? And because he was angry, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay everything that was owed. So also my heavenly Father will do to you unless every one of, your, one of you forgives his brother or sister from your heart. And again, as I said in the beginning, Jesus is going after our hearts. He wants to see what's going on inside of our hearts. And so if we, if we purpose in our hearts to forgive one another, uh, that ability to forgive does not come out of uh, just the, the, our, our ability to our own ability. We don't muster up that strength from inside of us. What Jesus is showing here is that our ability to forgive one another, our ability to forgive those in our lives, uh, comes from how much we have been forgiven. And so when we have someone in our lives that we're struggling uh, to forgive, we don't look to that person for, as their worthiness of our forgiveness, and we don't look inward uh, to see if we can muster up the strength uh, to forgive them. What we do is we look to the cross. We look to what we have been forgiven. You see, Jesus uses parables to teach us kingdom truths. He's always trying to, to, to show us through parables a truth of God's kingdom. And so what he's showing us here is that uh, we are the ones who owe the 10,000 talents. I am the one who owes 10,000 talents. I owe a debt that is just insurmountable, that is an unfathomable amount of money. Nothing I could ever do, nothing I could ever earn could possibly pay this debt. And God, in his compassion, in his mercy, uh, has forgiven me. He made him who knew no sin to become sin for me, and I've been forgiven 10,000 talents. And so when one of my brothers or, or when my wife sins against me, uh, the debt they owe me is compared to the, the hundred denarii. This is a debt that is, is reasonably forgiven. It's, it's a debt that, that wouldn't take that much time to pay back. It's actually so much smaller in comparison to what the, the, the first servant owed. And so the lesson here is that when I'm struggling to forgive those around me, uh, I need to look to the cross. I need to look at the fact that I was forgiven so much by God. And when I rely on His strength, and I when I rely on His grace, 
and I rely on his mercy, it gives me the power to forgive those in my life. I hope you've enjoyed this, this little devotion, this little glimpse into uh, life at the colony and what we are learning here, and we hope that you join us next week. Have a great day.